Hi, it's Dr. Sandy Laura Kramers at Visionary Eye Doctors. I'm one of the surgeons here. Thank you for joining us for Podcast 21, where we're going to talk about dry eye in the wintertime and preparing for what to expect this winter uh, and this this fall. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to protect your eyes in the wintertime and what you can do at home for your for yourself and for your family to help uh, prevent any type of eye discomfort and redness and sometimes irritation that people can get as the seasons change. So the uh, most important thing that you want to do is of course keep those glands pumping of the meibomian gland that we talk about frequently here. We're trying to get the oil to come out so you won't notice your eyes and if the oil dries up it can cause quite a bit of damage and symptoms. So warm compresses twice a day, 15 minutes if you can, as much as you can without burning the skin, we still recommend. There is no proven way to say that rubbing the eyes and massaging this way versus this way is necessarily better. Maybe theoretically this way is better because the glands are oriented kind of down this way and up this way. But I also kind of go across as I do the warm compresses and blink and massage that's very the most important thing probably you can do this winter. The second, of course, is minimal screen time as always. Blinking, trying to avoid the screen, blue light filters, we're still recommending more and more, even though the data is still not present on the effectiveness of that yet. But we're concerned for patients that have rosacea or very light colored skin where the blood vessels are visible on the eyelids and under the eyelids. So if you see somebody where you can see the blood vessels on their eyelids, they probably have ocular rosacea. We generally recommend blue light filters to protect them year round especially when they're in the sun. So the third thing you want to do is UV protection, especially when you're outside, when you're skiing in the snow, even water and sand other times of the year can cause something called photokeratitis. And we do not want that to happen because it can be incredibly painful. So some of you out there have been skiing and you know what that can feel like. That reflection off the snow can be very, very painful. If you keep doing that, looking at that reflection, it will actually physically damage and destroy the epithelial cells on the cornea. The cornea is the window of the eye, it's the surface of the eye, and it has the most number of nerve fiber endings in per square millimeter in the entire body. And so if you get anything in that eye or one cell disappears from that surface, you will feel horrible pain. And it can be one of the worst pains in the world. I tell the story that I've had policemen and big firefighters in tears because of a small corneal abrasion. It can be very, very painful. So you can actually cause these cells to die by looking at UV light too long in the form of reflection from the snow, water, sand, ice. Uh, of course, welding is a big one. You know, obviously always need a welding helmet. That's the classic one that we see staring at the sun. People that look at eclipses without special equipment can damage their cornea and they can also fry their macula, their retina, which can cause damaging effects down the line. So you always want to protect your eyes with UV sunglasses, ideally 100% protection to pre pre prevent that from happening. The fifth thing you want to do is obviously avoid the heat hitting your eye if you're in the car, even the AC, you know, year round. You want to avoid something directly hitting your eye, whether it's a fan, the heater, the AC. You want to avoid that, that kind of drying out of the tear film that can happen. And so when you're driving, it's crucial to safely blink. Don't stare. You know, we all stare because we obviously don't want to get into an accident. But whenever you can, try to blink. Try to close your eyes for just a second, just a couple of seconds, every couple of minutes, every couple of seconds, every four or five seconds if you can, to rejuvenate the tear film so it won't 
start to dry out, which can then cause reflex tearing in many patients. Many patients will say, you know what, when I'm driving, I can't see well at nighttime, or I have reflex tearing. It can be related to the need for glasses. It can be related to a cataract, but often it's because the tear film is drying up. And as you've heard me say before, if anyone in the world doesn't blink for two minutes, which we do not recommend, you'll have probably horrible pain, the vision will be blurry, and you might have reflex tearing with redness and a really bad idea. So you want to continuously try to think about when you can blink when you're driving or doing anything like skiing. We have a bunch of skiers that have dry eye and on the slopes they are concentrating and they are not blinking. And I have one particular patient that comes in to see me every year before she goes out to the slopes because she knows she's not blinking. She's an instructor, professional instructor, and when she comes back she has significant keratitis. These cells are missing. And it's probably from a combination that she's partially blinking because she's concentrating so much on you know, making it down the hill safely when she's skiing. Partly maybe a combination of maybe protection from UV, uh, but there are definitely issues with that. So think about things you can do to kind of help with your surface epithelium of the cornea by blinking. Artificial tears also very helps, number six. Uh, we do all kinds of things to help lubricate the surface of the eye. Number seven is humidifier. So we recommend a whole house humidifier for your home. For people that have any type of dry eye or struggling, a clean humidifier in the room is very helpful for many patients. The question of what, which one's the best type of humidifier, it, whether it's hot, cold, ultrasonic, there's a lot of controversy about what's the best for dry eye. But the key thing is to make sure it's not carrying any mold, keep it clean. Uh, don't put any unusual chemicals inside it to clean it because it can sometimes irritate the, the lungs. That's been reported. But some type of clean humidifier, I personally have just Vicks, you know, vapor rub kind of humidifier, which works well for us. Uh, trying to increase the humidity around you is crucial. So all the things we mentioned are good for winter time. Trying to think about when you can blink is the most important with heat compresses, using artificial tears if you're about to go on a big trip or ski, you know, go down the slopes. Uh, those kinds of things are really crucial. And humidifier are kind of the big things that have helped. One of the new things that has kind of been helping a lot of patients is the Xena goggle glasses. It's Z-I-E-N-A. They have their own website. It's it's kind of like goggles. They're glasses. They're not as ugly as goggles or ugly as motorcycle goggles, but and they kind of look like glasses, but they kind of provide a protection around the area of the eye to keep the moisture in the eye. So I have a lot of patients that really appreciate that in the winter. The positives of that is that it does keep the moisture in. The negatives is it's expensive, and sometimes it doesn't fit your face. So I encourage patients to go online, look at their website, and talk to the uh, representatives there. I have no stock in the company, but I think they have a great product. A lot of patients really love it, and they try to work with you to see if they can get the prescription in the glasses or over the glasses, but they're trying to just create a kind of moisture chamber. Uh, the Some patients will go on Amazon and just get motorcycle goggle glasses that kind of do the same thing, or even swim goggles. I've had some patients just wear swim goggles, trying to keep the moisture in their eyes, especially during winter time, but it can fog the, the lens a little bit, so you have to kind of try to figure out the right combination so the, the nose air is not going into the glasses and fogging it. And so those things can definitely help. We always recommend artificial tears, non-preserved. We'll recommend things like, of course, the Zydra, Restasis, Sequa, those cyclosporin type of derivative drops are anti-inflammatory. We love using biologics like autologous serum, platelet-rich plasma, even cord blood serum for severe dry eyes. And many patients notice their symptoms get worse in the winter because of the air, forced air we all have. We're less 
class outside or even outside, this, the coldness can actually be a little uncomfortable for some patients in terms of their symptoms. Uh, so those are the key things we want to do. We want to avoid a fan when we're sleeping, like I mentioned. Sometimes people will cover their eyes with something called moisture chamber goggles at nighttime when they're sleeping. So the heat or the, or the fan in the, in the summertime is not constantly hitting the eye. There's been reports on the dry eye zone and other dry eye blogs of people using what's called press and seal or saran wrap with coconut oil underneath. So what they do is they put coconut oil either inside the eye or on the eye. They'll put saran wrap or press and seal on top and create their own moisture chamber to kind of keep the humidity in. So in case they're opening their eyes in the middle of the night or the fan or the AC or the heat is hitting them in the middle of the night. So when they're moving around, it's not coming off. That can sometimes happen with the moisture chamber goggles. The downside of that is there's one case report that I know of, of a woman that developed an infection in the cornea, probably because she was already predisposed to develop an infection, and that combination of maybe the coconut oil wasn't completely sterile or clean, or the saran wrap or the press and seal kind of created a petri dish for the for the bacteria to grow. Uh, so that's only one case that I know of. I have not seen that happen. So you obviously, if you do this in the morning, wash it off. Uh, if you're at all immunocompromised, you might want to do it every other day, maybe not every day. It's a very low risk, but something to consider. So there's natural things you can do to try to help your dry eye symptoms in the winter time and throughout the year, like we've talked about before. One last note about allergies. Everyone has different triggers in terms of their allergic season. We have many patients that get triggered when the season changes from, from the fall to the winter, probably because of a combination of things that are in bloom and also because we're more indoors. So that could be the potential issue. Obviously, many people have spring allergies that can make their dry eyes worse. So dry eye and allergy go hand in hand. The way we tell which one is which is either by the symptom of itching. Itching is 99% allergy to something. Either it's an allergen or there's mites on the eyelashes called demodex mites. Something is causing that inflammation in the form of allergy as itching or an allergy test. Sometimes we'll do an allergy test to kind of tell. Otherwise, because they're so close, it's hard to t say which one is the real cause, which one came first. Was it dry eye and maybe meibomian gland dysfunction that came first, or was it the itching that came first with an allergen? But they kind of feed into each other as a vicious cycle. So anything we can do throughout the whole year to break the cycle of inflammation is what this all is all about. So increasing your humidity, blinking, warm compresses, using tears, artificial or biologics or prescription, non-preserved are the key things and try to avoid any triggers you have and enjoy the winter. Have a great day.